gangs present many challenges to law enforcement. While street gangs take on different forms, they are similar in that they tend to be motivated by greed and a twisted sense of honor. The city has seen a spike in murders and shootings in the past few months, and the mayor says a lot of them are gang-related. This is a violent, violent bunch of guys. Bullets have no names. They land anywhere. The NYPD has set its sights on dismantling the gangs they say are largely responsible for the shootings and murders in the city. With the help of local media outlets, the NYPD is now labeling large swaths of the city, all of them predominantly black or Latinx, as gangbangs. Being labeled a gangster doesn't just dehumanize our understanding of the people who live here. It also helps the NYPD circumvent the ban on stop and frisk once more. Hence the nickname Stop and Frisk 2.0. In this video, we're doing something the city rarely does. We're going to talk to the people NYPD calls gangsters. A lot of dudes in our generation don't really do gangs, like the Bloods and the Crips thing. Most indictments should just be like local neighborhood crews. Yeah, like, how do even crew starts? You know what I'm saying? Like people don't even talk about that. Like we just hang out with people. You know, we come in home from school. That happens organically, bro. All you gotta do is just be friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two, three friends, a group of friends, going to a school outside their neighborhoods and back. If you get into any trouble along that way, you could be labeled a gang, bro. Because it could be a group of kids fighting another group of kids over a basketball game. I mean, a group of parents will look at it just as that. Police getting involved, and then it will be they do the gang. Because police might know my face from police in my neighborhood every day, or might broke up a minor fight or arrested me on some minor infractions and know that I'm always hanging out with this group of guys, bro. Years later, have them guys gotten into some type of trouble that I might have not even been involved in. Now I'm caught up in a conspiracy with these dudes just because of gang database. You feel yeah. me? If, if that make any sense, you feel me? Yeah. In Harlem, local families have been organizing and speaking out against NYPD's controversial gang sweeps and the following conspiracy charges, but the city has largely ignored them. To try to understand it or lock it up, you know, it's, it, we, we've been doing that, America been doing that since it started, been locking people up when they don't know how to solve a problem. When they don't know how to deal with mental illness, they lock them up. When they don't know how to deal with people who are gang related, they lock them up. These are conversations we're really not having. How youth are understanding that there isn't no trust in police that they have to use violence as a defense mechanism to protect themselves against other people who are more violent than them. We need to have a real serious conversation that, you know, if youth are using violence as a defense mechanism when they're young, imagine when they get older. There's fist fights going on between two groups of kids. They could be from other neighborhoods. Those type of situations don't necessarily need policing. But that's when it became a gang situation, you feel me? But rather than two kids fighting or two groups of kids fighting over for whatever they fighting over. So, you know, violence is not a magical word. It's a really health crisis. And I think we need to really talk about how do we find a cure to the health crisis of violence in our neighborhoods. Right, right, right. You know, how do you make sure you put investments in communities uh, that are dealing with every day, a century of violence on a daily basis or have people who are dealing with trauma of seeing violence their whole life or seeing someone who, who grew up their whole life seeing people get killed in front of him, seeing people getting locked up in front of him, seeing people getting kidnapped in front of them. These are things that other people who are not black and brown are not seeing. With the spotlight consistently turned on the topic of violence, underlying issues like poverty go largely ignored. At five, six years old, uh, me and my mom was homeless. We was living under the staircase. At eight or nine years old, started learning how to sell drugs. At 14, 15 years old, I became gang related. First time I got incarcerated was I was 16 years old. I was in Rikers, 16, 17 years old. Um, as you can see, I have 
you know, the year I went in, it was 2007, see 2007 on my, on my arm, tatted. 2009, I was on probation, I got reincarcerated again. 2010, at 19 years old, and did five years incarcerated. Been home three and a half years, I'm still on parole. Yeah, there you go. While Harlem gentrifies, opportunities for youth grow few and far between. That's a, that's a note to the neighborhood, bro. To our neighbors, people from the neighborhood, and new people to the neighborhoods. That like all all situations don't need policing. Yeah. To the police that be in our presence, like all situations don't need to result into an arrest. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. It could just be diffused, and nobody gotta get locked up. And there's certain situations that we could work out on our own. Bro. It's more affordable housing, more reentry program, more counseling and therapy, more drugging, alcohol treatments to really get people the investments they actually need for our community to actually thrive.